Good afternoon, listeners. How are you today? Uh, let me turn this music off. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. Uh, I'm recording right now because I am making myself a cup of coffee. I feel like such, I don't want to say it because it's part of the stuff I wanted to talk to you about. It's about using certain words that I wish didn't have those connotations, but... Here, here we go. Yesterday I worked a double. Man, it is a pain in the ass to work it when it's slow. When it's slow. You got to be like on your toes about entertaining yourself. And I get hyper observant and yak, yappity when I'm drinking. I need to drink coffee and shit like that. Today, just to show you how... I don't know if it's for me getting older. I ate a carb-heavy lunch, and it knocked me out for almost two hours. Two hours. Two fucking hours. Yeah. I I just went zoned out. I went and taught my spin class this morning. I came home. I started working on the electronics, figuring out how to get my Bluetooth to work on my car, and then ate, and that, yeah, that just did me in. It's a bitch getting old. And that's the word I wanted to use. Bitch. Sometimes I am a bitch. When, and I, I like using that word. But it doesn't have that gender specific connotation. You know, if you talk about it, it usually means a female dog. And I don't really, I really don't like calling that. But I like using the word bitching. Like when someone's complaining. That's it. The beginning and end all of it. It's like the word C-U-N-T the British use as slang. They're not referring to a vagina. It's 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 a pussy. No, it's they're not even we're not even for um they're they're talking to someone acting like I guess a bitch. When they say the word, and I'm only going to say it once, I'm sorry for my dad and all that stuff. It's cunt. The British use that all the time. And it's, you know, I'm sure it's a socioeconomic thing that people, but I always enjoyed the word bitch. And not calling someone, you're my bitch. I like saying it about bitching. Being bitchy. I love it. I love the word bitch face, bitch cakes. Bitchiness, Franken bitch, anything, the bitch witch, all those things make it wonderful. And as soon as I start seeing, it, I write it down in my book, and I write down the title. Sometimes I'm a bitch, and I flip on the TV, and here I am, kind of passing out here. I'm going to pause for a second. Let me put this on pause so I can pour myself a cup of coffee. It looks like it's done. I'll be right back. So, yeah, I was making myself coffee because I was coming out of a carb hangover. It's the way I convert carbs, I guess. I just get real nappy. Nappy. Not like nappy in my hair, but sleepy. Ah, delicious coffee. A little strong, too. Ooh. 
So I put on the TV and I'm watching this comedy, a stand-up comedian, Tom Seguro. And about 10 minutes into this act, he starts talking about words he can't use, like the word retard, when referring to someone acting, you know, saying that's retarded. I understand that. And he didn't say, he didn't go to the act when he's talking about bitch. And I guess I was one. He says he doesn't like not being able to use the word midget and things like that. And I said, wow. I wrote this down so I have evidence that I was talking, I was writing this bit. I never saw this, uh, the comedian talk about this one. And I thought I was being creative. Now I'm, I guess you would call that not redundant, but derivative of his comedy. Because he went on to talk about midget and all the other things you could talk about and how it's okay to call people Mick and honky. And the only people that are really upset by the word honky are people that are vehement racist. Which, I don't know if that's the case. I don't, I don't actually get, someone calls me a honky, I don't get upset. Because there's no, and he mentions it there, there's no systematic thing where white people were discriminated against. You know, if you feel that you were discriminated against, there was probably something else going on. Could be poor dental care, poor education, poor impulse control, meaning that you might have a police record, poor grooming habits, poor, I guess, picking out clothing or habilement. So... I wanted to reclaim the word bitch and not have it so gender specific. It's so many people, they they don't know how to pivot and use it. It's a great word. It should not be used for a gender specific insult. Should not be calling women bitches because it's a richer word than that. It's a beautiful word. When someone's bitchy, guys can be bitchy. Guys are bitchy. Bitchy is bitchy. It's not, it's, it's like being a bartender. Like I said, there is no need to call someone a barmaid, bartender. I mean, it could give, or a doctor, male doctor, female doctor, nurse, male nurse, police officer, right? You don't say policeman, policewoman, fireman, firewoman. Well, fireman. Fire, fireman's that hold up. We're soldier. Or astronaut. You say a male astronaut or a female astronaut. It's just how they put the catheter in your suit. Right? It's the only difference, I think. Unless, you know, there's other things that I don't know about. But, I mean, I think I'm... After I turned 58 on Tuesday, and I don't feel particularly old. You know, when the calendar year turns, it doesn't necessarily, you don't build up any extra habits that make you feel older. I know there's a great commercial for 
Is it progressive? I love that commercial. Where the guy's telling people not how, you know, it's a TV show. It's not a story. And the waiter doesn't need to know your name. And people don't know how to pronounce quinoa. They're sitting in there in a circle. And he's pointing to it. And people go, Keanu. And a guy raises his hand real certain. He goes, Joaquin. No, no, no. Um, and then, you know, talking about the signs. It's funny. We have signs all over our restaurant. Signs. I'd rather be here than freezing my ass off nor- up north. Drinking here than freezing my ass off up north. Which is kind of people laughing at it right now when it's actually hotter up I mean, laughing at a sign. Holy shit. The static. It's just like, remember, if you're old enough to remember back in 2003, I think, 2004, Billy Bass came out. It's a mounted animatronic bass that sang... uh, Take me to the river, drop me in the water, and don't worry, be happy. And the fish would turn around and move its mouth. And people were just freaking out. I think if you took a quotient on how long people are amused by stupid things, right? And how long they're entertained, it it may correlate to their IQ. Or the part of the IQ that comes up with inventiveness. But then again, you know, people may think it's funny on different levels. I don't know. But for me, it took about 10 seconds, though. It's an animatronic fish that sings. And the first time I saw it, I go, oh, that's me. But to be able to buy it and put it on your wall and to hear that all the time. I mean... You buy it for grandma or grandpa back then, and it sits on the wall. And so, oh, my kids got me that. Yeah. A million times you got to listen to that. There was a decoration at the restaurant I worked in where it had a skeleton, and the skeleton would talk. And it had about five different things it could do. Nowadays, it'd probably be kind of interesting because now they can do probably do thousands and thousands. Why would someone necessarily want to load a thousands and thousands of sayings up to a skeleton that's only up temporarily? But that does segue nicely into that being able to claim a word for self, like the word gay. And Seguro mentioned that too and says, gay used to say, oh, that's gay. You know, when you talk, when you look at someone wearing a fanny pack, it didn't necessarily, it could to some people, meant they wanted to have same sex or, you know, homosexual sex, but mainly it meant something being lame. And since now it's attributed to a movement, you really can't do it. And you, I don't think you'll be able to recl- reclaim that unless they came up with another word. And I always thought, uh, the word, you know, that's faggy. That's I never liked that. I mean, in Britain, a fag is a cigarette. 
So, okay, can you give me a fag? So, words are important. Like, words are important. It depends on what the meaning is behind it. And sometimes when you can't really hide the meaning or discern the meaning, you just kind of say, we're just going to do away with the word. Like when you say, what the fuck? You're not saying, what the coitus or conjugal activity it's it's what the fuck you're you're saying I can't believe this bullshit something like that and you're not and obviously I'm alliterating to another thing alluding to another thing uh, a defecant from a large livestock it's the literal meaning that gets people upset you know when you you know a mental midget. Meaning they don't have great cranial capacity or, you know, industrial, industrial strength IQ. So I can understand where people, you know, use midget, dwarf, and actually there's terminology for, depending on what kind of body. There's, there's dwarfism and there's midgets and 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 dwarfism has has certain characteristics to it just like down syndrome there's different types of retardation but there's different words like calling someone a dick you're not you're not saying he's the someone that looks like a dick he could, I guess there's a possibility he could look like a dick or something like that. But you're not literally calling the guy the male appendage. You're calling a dick, which is kind of a rude behavior. There's asshole, douchebag, dick, uh, shithead. A shithead's kind of thoughtless. A dick is on purpose as well as an asshole. Um, asshole and dick are akin and they do go together in the gay community, right? So, but, and douchebag. And douchebag is, I guess, it's someone having a douchey quality to them, it's more style. So, we're, since we're, I'm going down these roads, bitchiness, asshole, Fuck, fuckhead, douche, douchebag, dick, dickwad, um, dingleberry. Dingleberry's also that one probably is always going to be good because dingleberry, dingleberry is if, when you refer to dingleberry, dingleberry's just like poop that's hanging off your ass hair, and when someone's being a dingleberry, it's kind of cross between a knucklehead and an asshole. More of a knucklehead. Not knowing what's going on. Hey, you fucking dingleberry. Right? Sometimes it'd be nice to get these words and just get an agreement. Get a symposium of scholars together. English language scholars. And I'm sure there's a lot in different languages. I'm sure in China there's words. In Mandarin where you say, oh, we don't want to say that. 
or Swahili or Portuguese. I don't know why I'm picking these languages, but I mean, you get a symposium of people together, English language experts, like to have one for the French language. I think, I don't know if they meet every year or things like that, but the French language is very, I guess, it's, I don't know if it's dictionaries or something like that, but there is, um, the French are very protective of their language. And they have merde, that's shit, but I'm sure, I didn't learn the word fuck, but they generally, I think generally in French, they just are more literal with the words they use. And they're alluding to things when they're saying that. So it'd be funny to say, you know, if you go down the meaning number two on this, this we'll get rid of meaning number one for for uh, bitch. Get rid of the female connotation. Get rid of the dog. Thing. Yes, it did refer to a dog, a female dog, and stuff like that. But now we're not going to be quiet to generally call women. Bitches. We're just going to use it as a way of describing a demeanor of a person. Bitchiness. I know there's a lot bigger problems out there. You know, global warming, COVID-19 war, and all this shit. Poverty. Student debt. Kardashians. That's a problem, too. And Jenners. I guess the Jenners, too. So why would we want to fuck around with the language? Well, we could do more than one thing at one time, right? We can walk and chew gum. Why not do it? Why not overhaul the English language? And then we'll have everyone, we bring everyone on board and say, well, listen, we understand that you don't like to use. These are the curse words we're going to be using over here. I'm pointing to my right. And these are the connotation it has it. So when you're using the word uh, fuck, you know, hey, you want to fuck? You know, someone like that, that's sex. But if you said we want to fuck off, stop fucking around, that means similar to screwing around. Or fuck it. Like, I don't give a shit. A case of the fuckets. Um, you're going to say shit. And you say, well, I'm going to go and take a shit. Or I don't want to hear any of your bullshit. Or you put bullshit in there. Or any of your shit. Bullshit seems to be kind of like shit that's polished up. It's more nuanced. When you... Not just... Spewing shit. It's bullshit. You know, I'm, I've been accused of, or, or been said to be, bull, you know, full of bullshit or full of shit. But I don't think that's being full of shit. I, I don't know if that's the imagery. Because you really can tell shit from a long way off. You start smelling it. And I've had people want them to start doing bullshit and they have no idea. I'm talking for a while and stuff like that. It's all bullshit. I try to make it all outrageous. I mean, people are buying it. Speaking of buying it, it is slow. I mentioned that yesterday. 
There wasn't that many people. There were some people coming in. There's people coming in that just moved to the area. There's people that just bought their vacation homes and are coming down here. And we've seen them come into the restaurant. It was a good time because one of my co-workers, two of my co-workers left. One left for college and the other, the mother, who's the, actually the owner, left to take her. And if we were still roaring along like we were in seizing, it would be very difficult right now. But it's not. We're just stuck with the same people and you're hearing the same stories. And yes, we're getting the same stories down here. We're in a smaller community. So you have certain people in the community when something happens to them and it makes a bigger impression. And one of our restaurateurs down here died from COVID. That was on a ventilator and died died two days ago. And it's been making rounds. And I didn't personally know the person. I ran into him several times, spoke to him. When I say personally known, it's like you know each other. She may have known who I was. I may have known who she was. But uh, I still feel bad for him. Yes, obviously, you don't know the person. I'm not one to show up at funerals where you just said hello to people a couple times. But once I start learning about them and they start showing you pictures and stuff like that, then I feel obligated. It sounds kind of callous, but I don't mean to be callous. There's, I don't know if there's anything worse than showing up for a funeral and not knowing anything about the person sometimes. Unless it's for a funeral for someone that doesn't have anybody show up for, then it makes sense. I'm, I'm here for that person. I did mention when I was in Poland, we went to this this mountain church and it had a, a graveyard next to it and I saw a couple children's graves and they were they looked like they haven't been visited in years I couldn't find the one I originally saw and I, they sell these little they have these candle vending machines off the side where you can buy uh, candles and you put them on the grave and that's what I was looking for I bought a couple candles so I had to go and look for some older children's graves and some old graves that were not, uh, you know, it doesn't look like they were attended to for a while. Like someone didn't come around and pull the weeds or things like that. I, I, I was kind of nostalgic for that. And you, you're thinking, hey, Jim, you're not that religious. Why are you going and doing that? And I said, well, I don't think you have to be religious to really memorialize someone. I mean, some people, I mean, if they are, I don't get it. If they are religious and they think the body is lying in the grave, obviously, the body's lying in the grave. That's a scientific fact, unless you're grave robbers and stuff like that. I don't, this is not that episode to talk about that. But what I'm saying is that in Christian belief system at the moment of death that was just the body and the spirit was someplace else because as soon as they're dead it's gone cut and dry right the spirit is someplace else it could whether it's nearby or away that's for discussion for those people but I realize it's 
when I'm looking at an old disused grave, I'm not to be morbid, but it's usually just bones. But trying to remember, not even seeing a name on there, and not a date. Even in Polish, which, you, you know, I wouldn't really understand the other verbiage, but you can see the name, you can see the time it was, you know, an earlier date and a later date. I mean, born and deceased. Um, if if graveyards are so, why why wouldn't the people, the believers, put more effort into taking care of these grave sites? That's why I would never want to be really buried any place. I don't want people coming back and worshiping my remains or praying to them or praying over or going to see maybe that's where like ashes I always like the ashes when you go and say hey listen but put it they got this movement where you can just get your body uh, put into a ball of a tree and your body is used as nutrients for the tree I think that's pretty interesting and out of every belief system, I think it's a pretty good thing. If you're a Hindu and stuff like that, or anything that believes in reincarnation, anybody that believes in reincarnation is a great system. Christian, why wouldn't that work either? How wasteful is the stuff where we're, we're taking concrete vaults, putting them in the ground, taking another box, paying thousands of dollars for it, with padding inside, a pillow for a dead person. Oh, to make them comfortable, right? Okay. Putting them in this comfortable box in there that after two or three months, you know it isn't that comfortable in the box. Something's going on in there. Right? And it ain't pretty. And I don't mean to be depressing. So, I remember when I would have these discussions about with people about cremation and saying, well, I believe that we're resident body. Well, I mean, if they're able to take a decomposing body and resurrect it and bring it back to something that you'd want to talk to, Right, not something out of Dawn of the Dead. Then, why wouldn't they do the same thing with ashes? You know, what if it, what of all those people that are just bones and you just give them? Oh, the skeleton is your great great uncle over there. He got resurrected, whole body. You know, because thank God he wasn't cremated because it'd just be ashes. See the logic there and stuff? It only worked for people. The resurrection thing, even with Jesus, it was three days and they used ointment and stuff like that and he didn't decompose anymore because, you know, they. I think they mentioned in the Bible that no blemish would occur on his body or something like that after the fact. So I don't get that reticence to not cremate why not you know I always said why not explosion 
like a nice canon, you know, they say, hey, listen, this is what we're going to do. Um, Jim left in his instructions that he wants a one of the guns from a World War II battleship, 16-inch gun. I think he'd be able to have to break my shoulders, maybe, to get me in there. But we're going to put his body inside a canister, fabric canister, I guess, something biodegradable. And we're going to put that in, and the way they put the shells, they put the uh, powder behind it. And we're going to fire it. And it's going to go 26 miles in that direction and explode. That's great. I mean, I everyone is thought of everything. Taking ashes and putting them in nail polish. Uh, launching it into space. Cryogenically freeze someone's head. In hopes, I think that was Walt Disney and Ted Williams, the baseball player from the Boston Red Sox. To think that we someday when we have the technological know-how, we'll be able to bring their head back. And then what What if they're able to bring the head back and still haven't figured out the body thing? And you go, oh man. I knew we should have concentrated on doing the body thing with the head, but now we have the head. Nobody. Don't worry. Don't worry. I have figured it out. We're going to do robot. Only make a robot. Why, why do we go that way? And they're talking about downloading people's consciousness. My consciousness is downloaded already, isn't it? The podcast. Almost 500 episodes. 500 hours probably need thousands and thousands of it to really get all of those things in there but who knows maybe years from now someone can take an algorithm and say we can we can get 90 percent accuracy of how he really was all we know is he likes to call some people bitch uh use the word gay but not in the uh, um sexual term and uh, a bunch of different views on no use of fuck and shit and all that stuff. Yeah, that would probably be a little incomplete. And they say, "Well, listen, we didn't get we didn't get a lot of his feelings. We don't know how he was by himself. You know what I mean? We need that personal thing. I guess you really don't know anybody unless they're not you're not." They think they're not being watched. Right? That's the really getting to know somebody. And because you know, you, you do hear what they say when they're angry and they're shocked and they're frightened and they're lonely and they're tired or sick or sleepy or drunk. We learn a lot. But when a person's fully awake and aware, and by themselves. And they think they're by themselves. That's the important thing. They don't have to be by themselves. They just have to think by them, think they're by themselves. That's when they truly know who they are. If you talk, and I guess if they are able, if the person verbalizes privately, 
verbalizes privately. That that's that's an accurate way to say it, isn't it? If if they say what they're thinking when they're alone, and this doesn't count, obviously this doesn't count what I'm doing here because I'm making the assumption that's going to be listened to. And I'm thinking it's being listened to a lot more than I thought. And I just recently had that. I just read another thing about Spreaker and a, a podcaster who's much more well-known than I am. Matter of fact, I think he got like $100 million to have his show exclusively on Spotify. But we're not... I'm not... These are observations. I understand it's kind of hedonistic or chauvinistic or egotistical to think that my opinions or thoughts matter. But luckily, I did not. I don't think I make the claim that the Keys bartender has all the answers. And I'm the pinnacle of the ultimate truth. Because there's a lot of motherfuckers out there that say they are. And they they collect money on Sunday or Saturday or Friday, depending on when their Sabbath day is. And they say they know the truth. And they know what's going to happen to you after they die. Or after you die. And where you're going to go. And what's going to happen to your relatives and happen to other people and shit like that. And honestly, if I knew exactly what would happen. And if it was aligned with what they believed. I think... A lot of things I would be saying, I would not be saying. I would not. But I have a firm belief in the uncertainty of what's going to happen to us afterwards. Now, the possibilities, that's, I understand that. There's a possibility. Is any one possibility likely? Not at this time that I know about. I'm a believer in science. I do believe that once something's made in the universe, it is transformed into something else. There is an energy and a consciousness that powers humans, allow us to interact with each other, think of things, do things, create things, dream of things. That point to something greater than an accident of evolution. Do I know what it is? No, I don't. Would I do I want to make can I make believe that there's answers like L. Ron Hubbard or Joseph Smith or some guy who writes a you know a story about some guy who lived a very long time ago? You know, people follow all sorts of people. They do, and they believe all sorts of things. And they're certain of it. There's certain of those things. There's certain there. There's people out there that are taking a a deworm medication for horses because they think it's them from. Um, all I could say is I do I agree with it. I have to say nay, and I say nay in two reasons. We make fun because a horse is nay, and I mean no. I don't have to believe in what you say. And to be so certain that your belief system is the absolute right one. And they're so confident about it. So confident about knowing what is going to go on afterwards. After this 
shell is done. Do I know what's going to I don't think it's what they think it is. I don't think... I think it's almost juvenile to believe the universe is built where, like, palaces and levels of angels and higher orders of angels. I mean, it's a possibility that there's other beings out there that evolve further than us and that we may view them as angels. Right? I mean, there's all sorts of things. We can just say, hey, listen, everything that we see now and experience, if I come up with a, a, a belief system, let's say I come up with a belief system right now, that the intelligence that, design, that developed in the universe was similar to our own. An exact copy of our own. And it developed billions of years ago and it advanced and advanced and advanced and they evolved and evolved and became free, untethered consciousness that could just roam the universe. Harness the energies of the universe, go wherever it likes, be whatever it likes, be able to create whatever it likes. And let's say they decide to say, listen, let's see if we can do it again. Let's see if we can do it again on another planet. And then it's Earth. And you say, we'll guide it along as much as we can. We'll intervene every so often. They won't understand as we're intervening who we are. They'll have an imperfect understanding. So they'll probably think something that's kind of convoluted, like our angels or ancient astronauts or something coming out of a chariot of fire coming out of the sky. Yeah, I mean, it could be. It could be, we could be the ant farm. Or the gerbil uh, or hamster wheel. And being observed. We're an experiment. And say, wow, they're developing pretty good. But there are some of these specimens that aren't developing Accurately, And we give them all the things and we give them all the tools and all the raw materials to be able to make the right decisions. And they're at the point where they're able to extract information, store information, uh, interact with each other, share the information and progress. But there's some people that just don't accept the outcome of this information because some people are putting up bogus information. That's that's the thing. He says, like, there's so many people that are just believing and making up their own thing. And I'm, I'm a prime example of that. That imagine all the bush, bullshitters that exist now and existed through history. And you came up with an idea and you say, oh, yeah, it's the giant egg. That's what it is, the giant egg. We, we, and the egg came and opened up and all the life came forth from the egg and it spread across this planet and everything that you see comes from that. 
Or you're going to have someone that says, and scientists that say, well, there's amino acids and all these chemicals and everything like that, and they actually link together and they, they've accidentally formed the building blocks for life using amino acids and proteins and things like that. And they formed together and they got more complex, more complex, more complex. People say, well, that's impossible. There has to be an all-powerful being that came from nothing. What? That's your answer? That there was something that just existed always. Just existed always. Just didn't exist. Just existed. There was no beginning. It's hard to say that there's no beginning. In, in science and religion, that's the big plot hole, isn't it? There's no beginning. Whether you talk about Big Bang or creation story and stuff like that, what happened the moment before creation? The moment before Big Bang. What existed? Oh, in religion, they just say, well, it was a void. And it was just a consciousness that existed. Well, where did the consciousness come from? Other than just saying it always existed. I don't know. It always existed. Imagine that if you got a food and there was a hot dog and say, where did that hot dog come from? I don't know. It's always existed there. Well, that's not true. It's hot. It had to come from, it had to come from water and then someone had to you know, make it. Well, I'm going to leave it at that. That's a little deep, deep thought. I don't know why we got so deep today. I think part of it had to do with me eating all those carbs and taking a nap. I got to get ready for work. Kind of trying to sport some facial hair right now. I'm doing a goatee. Uh, I'm gray now, so I don't know why I do this anymore. It just like you look fucking older. But I want to do it. I want to see how many, how many remnants of my dark hairs left of my beard. I'd like to thank you for listening to uh, The Keys Bartender. If you like the show, please share it with your friends. Remember, my email address is jim at keysbartender.com. That's jim at keysbartender.com. You're welcome to send me an email. I don't know if people are deleting that on these services I have. I'm going to say it a couple more times. Like the show, um... Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Like our social media pages. We have a page on Facebook. And I have a Twitter feed and an Instagram account. I don't know why I got an Instagram. Maybe I'll get TikTok one time. I don't know because that doesn't really make any sense because that's more for like 13, 14-year-old girls and boys. Right? And once again, if you, yeah, just send me an email. Just to know that you're listening. I can, oh, that microphone. Hope that microphone was working good. I just plugged it in. We will find out. I'd like to thank you for listening, and I will talk to you later. Bye.